St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Let us be attentive. Brethren, God who is rich in mercy, out of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were still dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and made us sit with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not because of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, that we should walk in them. Peace be with you, the reader. Alleluia. 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 Wisdom arise. Let us hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. And with your spirit. The reading is from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Let us be attentive. Glory to you, O Lord. Glory to you. At that time, a lawyer stood up to put Jesus to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered right, do this and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? <clears throat> Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion and went to him, and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. 
Which of these three do you think proved neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, the one who showed mercy on him. And Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. Peace be with you who proclaim the gospel. Glory to you, O Lord, glory to you. Thank you, take Before I start, I would like to have the children and the young adults come before me. And if you're uncomfortable and you want to social distance up here, that's okay. But all of you. I know you're out there. Come on, Nicodemi, start the procession. really not as mean as my kids say that I am. You can just have a seat here. Just on the floor, it's fine, or on the steps, whatever you want. Nathaniel, you gonna come up? No? Okay. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. I've thought about this sermon in many, many different ways. And even today, a lot of different thoughts have been going through my head. Today we start the Nativity Fast. We start that 40-day period, which we do with Great Lent, where we look at trying to step back, reassessing things before we celebrate Christmas a time to slow down, a time to cut back on what we eat, a time to increase prayer and increase almsgiving. And it prepares us to reflect and receive the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to look upon his incarnation and realize the magnificence of what he has done for us and the love that he has shown upon us. And today's gospel, I think, kind of hits that message home because it's a man who is journeying on a dangerous route, a route that we probably wouldn't want to take or, as my dad said, be careful about going into that part of the city. And what befell him was not good. And yet there wasn't anybody to help him but the Samaritan. And it's the familiar story that we always hear, the Good Samaritan. And especially at Christmas time, we hear this story often because it seems like with the Salvation Army kettles, oftentimes there's somebody who goes and makes a big donation anonymously 
and we hear about the Good Samaritan. But when we look at the fast and what we are about to celebrate at Christmas time, and we look at the story of the Good Samaritan, I think you can boil it down to one word, love. God's love for us, his abundant mercy for us, his abundant desire to have communion with us is why he gave his son to us. And also in the Good Samaritan, it was about love. It was about love for his fellow man. And as we have gone through our lives, there are many, many moments where we have contact with our fellow human beings, at work, at church, on the street, in the stores, and yet how many times do we stop to reflect upon that human being, to see that human being as an icon? They asked me to speak today about stewardship as well. Stewardship is looking at our neighbor, and stewardship is looking at our neighbor in the image and likeness of God. Stewardship really is not about giving money. It's a way of life. And we have all been given gifts that the Lord has provided us, whether it be monetary, whether it be our voice, whether it be our hands, whether it be our brain, whatever it may be. And what he's asked us to do is to take those gifts and to use those gifts for this church, for this community, to build this community so that it can witness to his love and his beauty and his glory. The reason that I asked these young people to come up is I realized a few weeks ago at my son's wedding, as I reflected on it, as to how much of an example we all are to these young people. We may not know it. We may go about our daily business, but I can guarantee you each and every one of them is watching what you do. They'll watch their parents more closely, but they're watching what you do as well. They watch what you do when you enter the church, they watch what you put into the candle tray. They watch what you do when we used to pass the trays. They watch what you do when you come up for communion, when you leave. They're sponges. And I know that because as my children got older, I could see that coming back at me. I could see that I was not only a mirror in reflecting what I said, what I did, how I acted towards them, and they received that, but also as a mirror, as a window, because they saw the world in the way in which I was presenting it to them. My hope was that I was presenting it in the way that Christ would, but I know that I have fallen very short. When I look at these young people and I look at the way of life, the way of Christian life, the way that Christ wants us to lead it, in purity, in honesty, in truth, it's a difficult world. It's a difficult road 
that they have to navigate, a dangerous road. In this world, in a physical sense, but even more so in a spiritual sense. And we don't have to go too far to see that. Go back to the beginning of COVID. What happened? Churches were closed. Priests, the sacramental life was deemed non-essential. Go forward, we hear of more shutdowns. We hear of social distancing. We don't venerate icons. All of these things that we have proclaimed, including the Eucharist, to be for eternal life, have now in the eyes of these young people been taken away or restricted in some way. What message are we sending to, that, to them? How are they going to go ahead if they don't know that the church is there? It is more important than ever for us to support our church on the local level, on the national level, on the international level. And we must do so with our finances, we must do so with our voice, and we must do so with our prayers and our worship. It's imperative for these young people. And yet, as I reflected about what I wanted to say to you, the realization came to me too that my words may just bounce off of each and every one of you. That some will say, that was a very nice sermon, and go on their way. Go about life as it was. Some may be so distracted now they haven't heard any of it. Because I think many times when we hear words, that's it, we hear. And in today's Gospel of the Good Samaritan, the priest and the Levite, they heard, they studied, they knew, they had it all in their minds. But what did they lack? They lacked action. They lacked going out and doing what they needed to do for their fellow man. What these young people need to see is they need to see action. They need to be supported. They need to be empowered. The church is their church now and in the future. If we are continue to grow our community, it's through these young people. I don't know if my words will have any impact. I don't think Athena's words, Diakonisos' words through the stewardship team necessarily can have any impact. Our president, Dean, whether his words can have any impact. To have you people give more to support the church financially, to give more of your time. I pray that my words do in some small way. But I'm going to do something because I want to show these young people what I think is important. There are things that I've wanted more than anything. I wanted a new set of golf clubs, but I have put some of those funds in that envelope. 
I'm giving it to you. I don't know what you're going to do with it. You can spend it. You can give it away. You can put it in the bank. My prayer is that you will go and do something with it for the glory of God. That you will proclaim his message to this world of darkness and show his light. And whether it's with your family, whether it's with your friends, whether it's with your school, I don't care. I'm going to give you that gift. Benedict, that's for you. Your dad knows finances better than everybody. He probably is going to want you to invest it. Probably has some good stocks in mind. My hope is that you invest it where there's an eternal reward, rather than it being a material reward that will go away. Again, I don't know what you'll do with it, I don't care. That was for our carpet that we were going to get new. So what? Doesn't matter. I have another gift. Dean, come here. You wouldn't come up here. You probably consider you're not self a young adult or a child. You know what? That's for you. Again, my gift to you is a gift out of love. I don't know where you want it to go. My hope that for all of you, though, and a lot of it was reflecting on the stewardship prayer. I know that Diaconisa and I support the ministries of the church. We pay towards the operations of this building. We try to volunteer as much as we can with the programs that help those who are less fortunate. The one place where I feel that I lack, I don't know about her, but it's in proclaiming the gospel to the whole world. And honestly, my prayer for all of you who receive the gifts is that in some way you can pray over these next 40 days and find a way in which you can use it to proclaim Christ's gospel throughout the world. Pray on it. Think about it. May we all use the next 40 days to reassess our life, to adjust our life, to pray and make us ready to receive Christ when he becomes incarnate. Amen. Please rise.